Hello, everybody! This is episode number nine of Grow the Buck Up, and it is actually the fifth, not the fourth, like I had mentioned at the last of it, last at the end of the last podcast episode, but fifth and final episode in the financial series. Small sacrifices equals big changes. This week, I'm going to be discussing various ways that we can make those cuts in the budget that can simply have a large payoff. On top of that, I will be discussing why these changes matter so much, which I think is the very important part. And after that, I'll run through my 2018 budget and discuss how I put this advice into action myself. So the first thing is that you need to have this budget. You need to know where your money is going. We discussed this before in episode number five, Budgeting 101. It is so important. It is the first step. I would say it's almost an unavoidable step because if you don't know where your money is going, if you don't know where it's coming from, if you aren't sure how much there is, it's so difficult to do anything else. Everything else at that point is, I don't want to say meaningless, but it is just very, very, very tough to go there and say, hmm, I want to save money here when you don't even know what you're spending there, right? So where we're going to differ from the broad budget idea in this episode, or in, the, in that episode, is that in this episode, we're going to get down to the transactional level. Remember, this is about building the relationship with your finances. This is about understanding where it comes from, where it goes, why you spend it on certain things, why you don't spend it on other things, and how much of it you want to save, and ultimately, where you want to go with it. And to do this, to get this level of detail, you need to know the transactional level. So quick question, have you ever sat down and looked at every single expense that you've had for a year? What about every single expense that you've had for a month? Maybe you've done that. Maybe not. That's okay. The point is, it's amazing what you find when you start to simply dig. First, you find a ton of expenses that you don't even recognize. You have to sit there and go back and say, where did this $150 expense come from? Where did this $12 expense come from? What even is that restaurant? I've never heard of that name before. After that, you start seeing patterns and the true cost of things. Did I really eat at that restaurant eight times this month alone? Was that event actually $100? I could have sworn I only spent 75 The more you look, the more you find. And when you do this, I encourage you to tally these things up. Jot down notes and numbers and expenses 
and trends, patterns, whatever it is that you find, write it all down. People make fun of me for having a notebook. But my notebook has helped me save so many thousands of dollars over the past few years in the smallest of ways because I simply go and I write down and jot down those little notes in there. I say, hmm, I've noticed that I've, you know, eaten at this place a lot when once I write it down and I look at it on paper. So make these notes. And they can be things that you can look back on in a year. You can write down goals. Maybe you have a goal of, I want to eat less at this restaurant because I've, I've eaten there so much this past month. And then a year from now, you can look back at that and say, hmm, have I fallen back into that same trend? Or have I actually worked on that goal? Has it had an effect? And maybe it did for a small amount of time. Maybe you decided that it's not exactly how you wanted it to be. And so you actually enjoyed eating at that restaurant that much. Whatever it is. But by writing down these things and and taking notes, you can definitely improve uh, your finances and your life goals overall, in my opinion. Back on track. Are you spending money the way that you want to spend money? Are you gaining enough joy per buck spent? And are you living the life that you want to live? I think you can say, wow, that was a slight jump to that last question, but they play together because the life that I want to live, the life that you want to live, the life that anybody wants to live has a financial cost to it. Nobody's life cost zero dollars overall in the long run. There is something, maybe some person way out there in the middle of nowhere has figured that out. But for the most part, everybody's life has a specific cost and the life they want has a specific cost. I might be living in a old abandoned or near abandoned apartment building that cost me $600 a month, but maybe the life I want to live is $1,200 a month in, in that nicer place over there. Maybe it's the opposite. Whatever it is, there is that cost and figuring out the more detail you can get around what is that cost of the life that I want to live, the more you can start to come back to these things and really plan it out. How are you going to get there? And I think a lot of people don't have that plan at all. So now let's get back to it. Let's talk about sacrifices and changes that we can make to help get ourselves to that point. And to kick it off, I simply want to present the rule of 72. Now, the rule of 72 is simple. It is a very easy formula that is used to approximately calculate how many years it will take to double your money. Now, it's highlighting something that we've talked about before on this podcast, which is compound interest. 
And I failed to bring up the quote last podcast, so I'll redeem myself now. My wealth has come from a combination of living in America, some lucky genes, and compound interest. Warren Buffett. There's the quote that I was trying to talk about. And that right there, I think, is a decent quote to show the importance of it. But I actually found a better quote when I was looking for that one. And that came from Albert Einstein, who is just an amazing genius, apparently, in all regards. And he says, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it, earns it. He who doesn't, pays it. And if you don't understand it yet, it's time to start. So with the rule of 72, all you simply do is 72 divided by the compound annual interest rate. What is the compound annual interest rate? Well, let's take the market for example. It is just the average annualized total return and we're taking the average over 90 years for the S&P 500. And that is 9.8% return. Now, of course, you have years like 2017, where it where was very high. I think it was like 19% in 2017. You have down years like 2008. But we're just looking at the average here, right? We're saying over 90 years, what is that average return? And obviously, you have different investment returns from different investments. You have, if you're, you know, in bonds, if you have CDs, your your bank has a return, right? An annual return that you're going to be getting on your money. Um, credit cards have that annual return, except it's a fee and it's a return to them, right? So that is the reverse. So back to the market example. Let's take that 9.8%. Let's round it up to 10%. We'll just go to 10%. Make it easy. So we would take 72 divided by 10 and get 7.2 years. So what does this mean? This means if you invested $100, it would be worth $200 in 7.2 years. Sitting in your account, you would have $200 in that time. But what about inflation? Yes, yes, yes. You are correct. Inflation has been about 3% over that time. So you can either figure out the adjusted value in those 7.2 years and say, okay, well, $100 adjusted would be this amount. So it's actually worth this amount. Or you can just take that percentage off at the front. And so you say, instead of 10%, I'm doing 10%. Minus 3% equals 7%. 7% return, 72 divided by 7. That brings us to 10.2 years. So it would take 10.2 years for your $100 in today's dollars to be worth $200 in today's dollars. But obviously in the future, right? Though, of course, the actual dollar amount at that time would be worth more. So now let's use this knowledge for some fun. Let's pretend that I cut $1,000 out of my budget this year, 2019. I look back and I go to 2018 and I go, hmm, I can cut $1,000 for this one specific year, 
Not every year, just this one specific year. I can cut it out. And I take that $1,000 and I invest it in the market instead at this 10% return. In 10 years, it would be worth $2,000, right? And in 20 years, it would be worth $4,000. Okay? Very simple, right? We're just doing simple doubling of that money. And once again, that is in today's dollars for that specific example. And you can find different calculators um, for figuring this stuff out, right? That's the uh, beauty of it. So you could say, you know, it'll actually be $2,000 in seven years and $4,000 in the 14th, right? 14.5 from that doubling. But what if I didn't just cut $1,000 this year? I cut $1,000 from my budget for good and instead created a little, a little note, a little mark in my budget that said savings, and it had $1,000 right there. And so every single year, I take that $1,000 and I put it in the market. And like we say, some years it's up, some years it's down, but every year I'm putting in $1,000. In 10 years, that would be worth over $15,000. In 20 years, it would be worth nearly $50,000 in my account. And in 30 years, it would be worth a massive $120,000. Now this is $30,000 over the course of 30 years that I've invested. And you didn't hear that wrong. $30,000, putting in $1,000 per year, using the historical market returns for the past 90 years, is worth $120,000 in 30 years. And you know what $1,000 a year is? $83 a month, which is like $19 per week. Something like that, probably like 19.3, something around there, right? $19 a week. And you can have $120,000 in 30 years. Do you want to be a millionaire in 30 years? Put away $10,000 a year. Maybe $10,000 is too high. Maybe it's not high enough. Everybody is different. So don't worry about comparing your amount to others. Don't compare it to my numbers. Don't compare it to your friends' numbers, your parents' numbers, anybody else's. Focus on what you can do, right? This is your life. Focus on your spend, your savings, and what you can simply do with it. Even $5 saved per year is worth almost $600 in 30 years. That's five bucks per year. You can, nobody can tell me they can't find $5, right? So hopefully, for some of you, this has helped to explain the power of compound interest. The eighth wonder of the world, right? And of course, hopefully for some of you, you also can see the complete flip side of it, which is if the credit cards are doing this to me, 
or the what loans or whatever it is that I'm paying these percentages out on, if they're doing that to me, I can that can snowball out of out of control very quickly as well, right? So you have to, you know, look at it from both sides. It is a very, very, very powerful force in the world. So now, let's get back to those transactions. But before we do, one quick note. I want you to remember that your life is going on right now. Every single day, every single minute, second, nanosecond, everything is your life currently going on. Your life doesn't start in 10 years or 30 years. Your life is now and then. So it's not worth it to sacrifice everything right now for later, nor to sacrifice everything later for now. It simply pays to be deliberate and intentional with your spend. But find that balance. Make your future self happy, but also know that your future self wants you to be happy right now. Getting back into it, though, what are things that you can cut? Where did the money go that you simply wish you could have back? Were they one-time expenses? Were they recurring expenses that could amount to a large savings? Are there sacrifices you're willing to make to hit some of those savings goals? Do you have savings goals? If not, why not make some? So let's look at those expenses. Look at all of those transactions. Go through that year that we just talked about and say, do I need this? Was the joy per buck worth this and you have to once again as always be honest with yourself because you're not trying to fool me or someone else you're just talking to yourself do you need to live where you're living is that additional cost actually worth it or is it convenient could you crockpot some food one week a month Do you need to buy that coffee or that candy bar from the vending machine every day? Is there some other way that you could simply get that in your life for cheaper? What are the things that you are spending on, once again, that simply could be sacrificed or cut out or even just shifted? Because it's all about creating a better life for you now and later. So at this point, I'm going to share a little bit about my budget for last year. And I'm going to talk about why some of the categories were what they were. How those are expected to change. And some specific transactions that led me to make certain changes. So my budget overall, last year I spent $28,816.22. This doesn't include some business expenses that I have, 
but this is all of my personal spend. My home expenses were $7,117, and I expect those to go up next year. However, I wish to lower those next year. And seeing those expenses and seeing the monthly transaction of what I'm paying in rent made me want to go, hmm. It made me think about where I was living and say, do I get enough value out of the place that I'm living to where this expense makes sense to me? Or is there somewhere else that I could live where that savings is worth more than I can, than I can even begin to, uh, you know, explain right now. Or I can explain it right now. I can say, if I can cut $500 off my rent, let's say, maybe getting a roommate, maybe moving to a smaller town, moving to a different city, moving just simply further out in the city that I live in, If I could cut $500 in rent, I could save more than cutting my entire travel, shopping, and entertainment budget combined. So, I mean, you know, like, it's crazy, right? There's there's large differences that could be made from that. And so that's somewhere that I actually want to look at, and I want to make that lower. Um, I want to lower that and, and make that change. So it's expected to rise, assuming I stay where I am. However, I believe that I can lower it and will lower it. My food and dining was $6,993 per month, which is a lot of money on food. That is probably one of my biggest splurges, as I simply do not wish, do not enjoy cooking very much at all. I found that um, eating out to me has... A, a is a great experience and I enjoy the food and I simply enjoy it more than cooking it myself. Um, so I'm decently all right with that number. However, when I looked at the transactions, I looked and said, uh, some of these can, can be lowered. I don't need a $50 meal to be satisfied eating out. A $7 meal satisfies me just as much. So for me, there were, I went and kind of detailed out how much I would like to spend each day almost, each week on food, and where I would go for each of those. And things like lunch, I could make lunch for myself at home. That's, you know, I don't have to cook a ton. I can just make a nice sandwich, get some vegetables, get some fruits, easy, uh, and save some money there. So I expect my food and dining to go down. My auto and transport was $5,800 last year. Um, I had about a $3,000 car repair, a little less, about $2,800. So I expect that to hopefully be lower. You can never always tell with cars. Uh, Some years it's very little. Other years you have big expenses. Um, I'm expecting it to be lower, but we'll just have to see how that goes. 
The rest was just insurance and some gas, but I didn't drive too much, so I'm not too, uh, I don't feel like my driving uh, auto, you know, expenses were too crazy. My travel was $2,169. And one thing that I did find, I expect it to be about that amount, but one thing that I did find was I actually had a duplicate $498 expense that had appeared on my account last year that I had just simply missed. So I went and and it's now in the process of uh, the chargeback and being figured out, right? Being disputed. Um, And so that's right there, a huge savings by looking at the line items that I might've not caught otherwise. My shopping was $2,000 and I found this to be a little bit high actually. there was some money that was spent on, I'd bought a laptop, um, I'd had some movie pass uh, expenses, and there was uh, some Amazon Prime expenses, things like that, that when I went back and looked at those, I said, uh, you know, I probably could have gotten a cheaper laptop and it still would have been just as fine. Um, movie pass was a decent expense, but at the same time, probably a little more than I wanted to spend on movies overall. And Amazon Prime, I simply haven't gotten the value out of it for the past three years. And it has some great benefits, but I just don't order enough stuff for it to really be worth it. So I went ahead and canceled that. Bills and utilities were $1,612. That was a little high. I expect that to be a little bit lower in the future. That's one of those. I expect that in my move, I will also lower that slightly. Very, very slightly though. Um, Simply because I can get a better internet package. I just have to work for it a little bit. My uh, uncategorized, which is kind of miscellaneous, was about $1,000 last year. Um, I found a credit card fee for an unused credit card that I had. So I went ahead and canceled that credit card, um, as I could not change it into a lower one. My entertainment was about $940 last year, which isn't that bad. But when I looked at the transactions, I found that they didn't meet where I would like my entertainment to actually be. I had a lot of expenses that simply weren't what I wanted to spend my entertainment budget on. So I went and wrote down in my notebook, once again, some things that I actually really have a high joy per buck from and uh, I'm going to aim to adjust those this year. I play hockey and that was $726 last year. I don't expect that to change at all. Uh, I think it'll go up a tiny bit, actually, just because there'll be another season this year, since it's four seasons a year that we play. Uh, My health and fitness was $226 last year. I expect that to go up a little bit as well. Um, Just from, it just kind of, it's like the car, right? I, I feel like there just wasn't anything serious last year that happened for health and fitness purposes. That doesn't include my healthcare payments, by the way. Um... That's just including other payments for stuff. My personal care is $101 last year. Um, 
I expect that to be a little bit higher as well. Maybe I'll go and get uh, a few more haircuts or something. Something like that. So, once again, not everything has to be a cut. But it's great to simply look at the transactions to see where are the places I can sacrifice, where are the places I want to make changes, and where are the places that I expect things to be lower, higher, the same, or just shift it a little bit, right? And always, always, always remember that $1 equals $1. So once again, cutting that $500 from rent would be worth more than cutting a large portion of my other budgets. Like I said, my entire shopping, travel, and entertainment would be about the same cost as that or less. So finding places where you can make those cuts and at the same time, even a $5, you know, cut on that one drink that I didn't want at the bar the one time is still an extra $5. And that in 30 years is $600 if I just invest that away, put it away. If you want to save $1,000 a year, you can do it in that large chunk or you can do it in a bunch of small ways. So my challenge to you for this week is to find five transactions that you made last year that you simply want to cut or change. It could be small, they could be $1, or they could be as big as $1,000, $10,000. And when you do, let me know what they are. You can post a comment on the YouTube page, the Facebook group, or you could simply just send me an email. But I'd love to hear what you've discovered and ways that you might wish to simply adjust your spending going forward. So tune in next week for episode 10 and the first episode of the Love Yourself series, You Owe It to Yourself to Live. You can find the podcast live on Twitch, on my YouTube at youtube.com slash grow the buck up or on any of the popular podcast feeds or on my own site, www.growthebuckup.com. That's all I have for now. Thanks for listening. Now it's time to grow the buck up.